these last several years. Uh, God bless you. It's been uh, a journey. I'm not sure whether we should uh, just, we have a lot of those, by the way. I don't know if we're stumbling or walking or whatever. They just weren't out, that's all. But it's good to see everybody here this morning on this uh, first Sunday of this new year. <clears throat> Trust you all had a good time holiday-wise and a good celebration of Christ's birth. Maybe you got together with family or just had the time off, whatever it was. I pray that you had a awesome time. That's good. And even one of our own got a deer through this holiday. His name is Nathan the Lionheart. And um, so don't ask him about it because he'll just talk, talk, talk and tell you all about it. But it's always good to be the hunter rather than the hunted, you know. That's better than a deer coming after you. So anyway, good to be together in God's house. Well, we are headed into another year and we will journey this year. The word I got want to use is going to be journey this morning because we're going to journey through it. Uh, a journey is a journey from here to there. We're going to walk through it one uh, hour at a time, one day at a time, and one month at a time. And we're going to go through this. And uh, if the Lord tarries, we're going to go through another to 2024. But we have a year ahead of us. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be um, whatever, and the thing, when you look back over 2022, um, I'm not sure any of us were prepared for everything that happened. You know, we started 2022, we're saying, okay, I'm ready to go, let's head into it, and uh, I'm not sure that all of us were prepared for the events that took place, what that looks like, what was going to happen. Some of you might say, what a blessed year I had, everything was good, it's awesome, and then some of our of you others are saying, boy, I'm glad all that's over. <laughs> I never want to go through that year again. I don't want to do it. And uh, there have been milestones, graduations, births, all those kind of milestones, job change, good stuff happening. But there's also been a lot of loss, uh, heartache, a change that happened. But I pray that all of us have learned something. If you haven't just taken an inventory, what did you learn this year? What have you gone back? I pray that you learned how to be sustained by hope. Last year we began our year, uh, the hope of Zion. Why? Because we need hope. And hope was a real word. We all needed to walk in and learn how to see the hope of God that we can walk through what we're going through because we have the hope of the Lord. And that's where we walk through. And we um, looked at a lot of that. So I hope we've learned how to be sustained by that Zion's hope. And then I hope that we've learned how to discover more of God and his faithfulness. Learning how to trust in God. Uh, more and to see how faithful he has been. I, I pray that all of you could say, for one thing I know and one thing I'm going to stand in is that God has been faithful because I'm still here right now. And he's been faithful to me. That's an important part that we learn. And I pray also that we learned how to grow in love for others, uh, love for ourselves, because Jesus said the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength in your neighbor as yourself. You learn how to accept who you are in Christ, learn how to walk through that whole issue, and then out of that, learning how to love other people. Those are important lessons to carry us uh, through this next year. And as we look ahead um, into this next year, um, do you have any unanswered prayer going into 2023 that didn't get covered in 2022? Or did it, when the bell struck at 12 midnight, starting a new day, all prayers were answered? Well, I don't think that's often how it happens. Sometimes we pray for a longer period of time that we bring him before the Lord. So I want to encourage you right up front, keep praying. 
keep trusting in the Lord, keep walking in Him. You know, I love, I love kids and how they pray, and so I could just encourage you to pray, give it all you got. Here's a couple of ones how kids pray. Dear God, I love to eat. Thanks for the food. Pizza was the best idea you ever had. Signed, Ralph. <laughs> Ralphie. <laughs> he said, are you in charge of babies? I, I, he said, I, Paul said, I have three sisters, which is good, but I would like you to put an order in for a brother. I hope this special order won't upset you. Now, Judy and I have been missing a little baby around the house, so we've talked to all of our family and said, come on, come on. And they both looked at us and said, okay, Abraham and Sarah, you first. You're 100 years old. You do it, and then we might. Okay, they're not doing it. Dear God, old pal, how's it going, man? Can you fix it so my friends and me can stay out later this summer? Signed, Chris. He's waiting for that to be answered. Daniel writes, dear God, thank you for my parents, my sister, Anita, and for my grandma and grandpa. They're all real warm and special. I forgive you for my brother, Jeff. I guess you weren't finished working on him. <laughs> so, dear God, I saw the Grand Canyon last summer. Nice piece of work, signed Robert. Dear God, my dad thinks he's you. Thinks he's you. Could you straighten him out? <laughs> and then Samantha, as only a Samantha could write. My sister Tina has a girlfriend named Wendy. It would take a miracle to shut Wendy up. You got any left? <laughs> prayers, prayers. Everybody's got something to say to the Lord and prayers the kids have. But how about yours? Are you praying for God to give you a financial breakthrough this year? A job, a blessing, something to get you through? A financial need that you might have to pray for? How about family relationship? Maybe you have some loved ones who need, need uh, prayer, uh, need help, need uh, deliverance, you know, all kinds of stuff. How are you doing? Are you praying through to this year? Continue to pray for family relationships. How about your own health? Asking God for health and for mental, emotional, spiritual health. Lord, I just want to be healthy. I want to get over some things this year. I want to move into that. How about some dreams? Anybody praying for dreams to be fulfilled? Things that are in your heart to accomplish, things to do. Are you asking God for those things? We can even get into kingdom stuff. We've got some salvation that we'd like to see happen in our lives. People being saved, uh, friends, coworkers, uh, family members, salvation. And to pray into things like rescue from darkness. Um, unfortunately, many have family members or relatives, cousins, whatever. They're in darkness and they need to be delivered. And you're praying for them that light would come to them. Kingdom stuff. Rescue from bondage. Things that have bound you up. See God do that. Whatever those prayer requests are, write them down, pray into them, anticipate, expect God to do something, and look for the Him to answer those things. God still answers prayer. He didn't run out of His ability to answer last night at midnight. He has all you need for 2023. Do I have some kind of an amen somewhere for that? Amen? God's got what you need for this year, but keep coming to Him, keep knocking, keep asking, and uh, He's going to open those things. Let's believe God for those things. Leave him full. Write him down. Somebody wrote this. We won't live beyond our vision. You're not going to live beyond what you're asking God for. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Ask God for that to help us. To be prepared for it. Equipped it with all the right tools as we go along. My question has come up as I approach this year is what do we need to do in order to stand in these coming days? What is going to give you courage, confidence, 
Well, let me say first of all that what is not going to help you is religion or doctrine. Now, those things are important, but they're not going to sustain you. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a relationship that you know him and that he is your deliverer, your provider, your shelter, your strength, and to trust in him. 23 years ago, uh, if you can remember back that far, we were all facing Y2K. Anybody old enough to remember? I can't, I can't imagine it's been 23 years ago because everybody the whole world was in a panic that at midnight it was going to strike and we're going to be thrust into the 1700s immediately. There's not going to be any more electricity. You couldn't drive a car. You don't have any gas, no, uh, no food, no communication. But here we are. We're here. 23 years later, we're here. God has been faithful, and we've made it through the Y2K thing. And there's much that's being talked about right now. I hope that you're aware of all the uh, uh, projections regarding food supply and uh, energy supply and inflation and all those kind of things. Same conversations out here. But guess who hasn't changed at all? Your God. My God. He is able. How, almighty God. Holy is he, and we're going to walk in him. So it's going to hit us into issues like our faith. What are we putting our faith in? Uh, I read uh, biographies quite often, read about people. And I'm, I'm in the middle of a book right now that has really uh, been very interesting to me. It's, uh, it's a book on, uh, by Tim Gamash, and he, and he was called, a, he's a top gun pilot in the Navy, and he met the Lord. So he's writing about his different experiences at a, as a fighter pilot, going off the uh, uh, aircraft carriers and all that stuff. So he was writing about faith and trusting in your equipment, trusting in the people in, ahead of you. And he said, faith is such a powerful word. word, word. Much of our path through life is determined by where we place our faith. I agree. We make decisions every day based on those things and people in whom we have faith. We, we decide with whom we will have relationship, how we spend, invest our money, where we work, where we live, and many other life decisions are based on our level of faith in those things that will influence our decision-making. We're going to base that. If we don't have faith in a person, we're not going to spend time with that person. If we don't have faith or trust in the investment we're not gonna, that it's going to pay us the dividends, we're not going to place our money there. And he goes on and on with different things about how we trust. And the part that amazed me, he comes down to the reality. He said, I don't think there's such a thing as blind faith. I said, well, that's interesting. I've heard, well, people have blind faith. He said, no, that's not faith. He said, um, for us to have foundational faith in something or someone, our faith must be developed through our personal experiences that convince us that the focus of our faith is, is completely trustworthy. He said, blind faith, I don't believe there is one, he said, is basing our, faith, basing our faith in something to sustain us in all circumstance, which neither personally experience it and, or them as being trustworthy. So he said, you can ask the question, in what or whom do I place my faith? Now, if we're going to go into this year, we need to put our faith in the Lord, right? That's not, this is not a new concept. We need to trust in God. But do we place our faith in finances? If we place our faith in our money or other financial possessions, regardless of how wealthy we are, there will be a time when we were, are either not wealthy enough or all the money in the world will not save us. 
Some people who never lacks finances to meet their every earthly need need the time when the, will, will have the time when their wealth will fail them and it might be on their deathbed. Not enough money can give them help. It might take some people to their last, last breath to realize that wealth cannot save them no matter how extensive your, your wealth is. Well, the other one that sort of struck me too, he said, uh, do you pay, put your faith in your intellect, your ability to... Uh, conquer any situation they may never have faced a situation he writes that they haven't been able to think their way through to a solution that may be very well be the case for many to this point in their life but as with other resources there will be a day when we are not smart enough to solve our problems and where will we turn I heard it stated once that even the smartest person in the world has less than 2% of all the world's knowledge. So placing our entire well-being in our own intellect is a massive gamble at best. What about people? Our people, I, well, I'll trust in my family. I'll trust in my friends. I'll trust in my, the people. We're going to make it. No, they will fail you too. So where are we going to put our faith in? And in his life, he became a believer, and he found and discovered type A personality, he said, I go to church, I do my hour thing, and for the rest of the week, I'd never think about God. I'm flying my plane, uh, you know, 400 knots, I'm doing all these maneuvers, I'm doing everything. Never trusting in God, I'm trusting in my own ability to do it until one day he couldn't. And he met the Lord, and his life was changed. So I'm asking all of us, is, are we going to begin our year in faith, trusting in God? We're on a journey, I'm going to ask you to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. And um, we had our, uh, our grand family together over the last several days. And um, I've got, we, we have several of our grandchildren who are in college. And any college student would know that the back, good old backpack is used all the time. There's a pack. They just they put it on. They wear it. They sleep on it. They carry it around. Everything is in this pack. So I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking, okay, we're all on a journey. If we're on a hike, we have our pack on, we have stuff in there. And I'm thinking, in this next year, if you have your travel pack on and you're going through life and you got it on your back and you're ready to go and you face trouble, what are you going to dig out? What is it going to be that you're going to find that's going to hold you in the midst of it? Isaiah 9, 6 talks about one whom you can trust. And I want to go through some of these passages. It's not unfamiliar. But there are four resources, four names of the Lord Jesus that produce in us the God with us, Emmanuel God with us. And each of these names are going to help us along our journey. We have our pack on. What am I going to dig out when I need something? Isaiah chapter 9. Let me begin in verse 1. Isaiah chapter 9. Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. In the past, God humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You've enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, 
You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boots, boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. Now, this might be a surprise if you look down because this has been quoted over and over again in the last two weeks. You hear what we're saying? They're warriors. There's going to be blood. There's going to be battle. There's going to be things going on. There's going to be reduce, uh, release from the yoke. There's going to be all these things happening. Verse 6, for to us, a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. For he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Four names that we read, we know what they are. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. But will you use those resources and who he is as you go through your journey? The very first one is wonderful counselor. Now, there's a lot of need in counsel. So you take off your pack and say, what do I have that I can find that I'm going to use? I need counsel. I need something. You're looking in there. You say, okay, what do I have that's going to do that? I've got to find it. I hope this will handle. Yeah, wonderful counselor. The counselor is there, the wonderful counselor. Well, what does that mean? How is that going to help me? Wonderful is, is a word in Hebrew that has such an amazing application. It's something uncommon. Wonderful means something uncommon, out of the ordinary, a phenomenon outside the realm of human explaining, that which is separated from the normal course of events, something that uh, cannot be explained. In other words, something miraculous. Do you have the sense that the truth that he's going to be wonderful, a wonderful counselor, wait a minute, wonderful, beyond explanation, I need a miracle here, I'm in a situation that isn't going to, I don't know what else to do. He's wonderful. He's beyond our thinking. Wonderful counselor. Miraculous. To have a sense of wonder that goes beyond our rational explanation. Can I say we all have such a low view of the miraculous? We just have this thing that we call a miracle that's really pretty low. Like, I got an A plus on my exam. It's a miracle. You probably studied real hard. That should have helped you get that A plus. And, but we call it a miracle. Or in sports, Ohio State, you could have used one last night, but they didn't have it. I remember as a kid growing up, the miracle of Richfield, the Cavaliers, the miracle of Richfield. That's pretty low, really, in terms of God's miraculous touch, but that's what we call it. And then we always have that. Do you think it will happen? Well, it'll take a miracle. I don't know. We have a low view of this. It's time to see our God in his wonder. He's a miraculous working God. He's high above us, and we can trust in him in the miraculous. So I need to have a new viewpoint. I need a guiding name, a name that can give me guidance because it's a miraculous counsel that he gives, counselor. The Hebrew says it's a picture of a king giving counsel to his people. It's Isaiah's prophecy. I'm sending you a counselor. 
a wonderful counselor that will be able to give guidance for the brokenhearted. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 2, verse 3. Isaiah 2, verse 3. Prophetically, again, Isaiah writes, many people will come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, to the temple of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his way that we may walk in his path. The law will go forth from Zion, the word of the, of the Lord from Jerusalem. Go to chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom, 11, 2, Isaiah 11, 2. Spirit of wisdom and understanding, spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, for he will be the he will delight in the fear of the Lord. Wonderful counselor. Go to Isaiah 28. I'm here prophetically. 28. Isaiah 28 and verse 29. 28 and 29. Chapter 28, verse 29. All this also comes from the Lord Almighty, whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. It is evident, wonderful counselor. How's that going to take place? How are you going to get counsel? Go to the Gospel of John, John 14. We're going to look at several verses in John chapter 14. Jesus is giving final words to his disciples. And he says to them in John chapter 14, in verse 15, he said, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world can't accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Look over to chapter 16, 16, and verse 7. But very truly, I say to you, it's for your good that I'm going away, unless I go away, the advocate will not come, but if I go, I will send him to you. Look down to verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the spirit will receive will receive from me what he will make known to you. In this past year, when you needed wisdom, where did you go? When you needed counsel, where did you go? Of course, we go to people, we go to friends, we go to books, we go to things. We watch a YouTube here and there to get some understanding. But who really has what we need? Where else can I really go to learn how to love? How do we even know how to cry and to mourn properly? Except we go to the Lord, who groans with it. He knows us. He, we can cry when he helps us to do that properly. How are we going to stand and to live or even to die? How, where are we going to go? Where are we going to get forgiveness and comfort? How are we, we going to make sense of this world? Can I just tell you something? That the only sense you can find to what's happening in our culture and our world right now is you get a God view who's a wonderful counselor. He will guide us into truth because we need a guiding name to get us through this. He is our guide. He is going to make sense of all this stuff because he's God and he has a plan. He rules over the nations. He has the answers I need and the directions for my life. Today, first day of 2023, all the way through, Lord willing, to December 31st, we're going to have it. He is my God. 
I need to learn now and turn how to turn to him and grab this name and drag it out of here and wonderful counselor. Okay, so now you're facing something that's you need something to happen and you don't have the ability to make it happen. You might know how, but you can't. You don't have any power. So what do you do? You dig in your backpack and you say, what else do I have? God, what else do you have for me in here? In my journey, you're a mighty God. Mighty God. Well, that's good. I need power. I need a powerful name in my life. That word mighty God is El Gabor. Gabor. El is the one true God. Elohim. John chapter 1. Uh, you're in John, I believe. Go to the verse chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that was made. Nothing was made that was made. The one true God, mighty, gabor, strength, power. And how would that power act like? What would it act like? What does it need? What would it look like? We've quoted these scriptures for several weeks now, Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter 4. What did Jesus come to do? He came to proclaim uh, the good news to the poor. He came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free. He came to heal. He came to deliver. He came powerfully to do all those things. And over and over in scripture, he proved himself to be the mighty God. He did it. He displayed his life-changing might and power. As creator, all things came to be. We just read it. All things were made. Without him, nothing was made that was made. He made it all. He's a creator God, Jesus. And on earth, he displays it over and over and over again. He, he displayed his power over nature. He stilled the sea. He said, peace be still, see? Do what I say. And it did it. Jesus came, was conqueror, mighty God, over disease, casting out of demons, and sin. There was a man that his friends, he was a lame man, they brought him to Jesus one time. They opened up the roof, let him down. And the first thing Jesus said to the man, your sins are forgiven you. And people looked, what, who's he to forgive sins? He said, in order to show you that I have the power and authority from God to forgive sins, uh, take up your bed and walk out of here. And he did. Jesus has mighty power. And it's the power of our wealth and strength. Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things. Anybody know what the rest of it is? Through Christ who strengthens me. Where are you going to get the strength to do anything? In your journey, where are you going to find strength to make it another day? He's a mighty God, a powerful name. Say, Lord, I don't have strength. I can't do it. He said, well, don't worry about it. I have what you need. I have what you need in 2023. So that day that you absolutely feel, feel powerless, nothing. I don't have another ounce of strength in my body. He said, well, take some of mine. I'm the powerful one. I, there's no one else but me. And that's what we come and say, Lord. And I pray that we'll do that over and over again, learning in our journey. I'll look to no other God. I will get to know him as mighty God. Not only can he give me the wisdom and the guidance as my counselor, being able to get me through with that wise counsel, but he has the power to make it effective in my life. I can do all things. How? Through Christ 
who strengthens me. Now, we're on our journey, and we're seeing God do some stuff. We've got some wonder going on. We saw a miracle here and happen. We saw a breakthrough happen. The God, he, he led us through that thing. Wow, Lord, I didn't know we could. Just let's go together. I'll walk with you. Emmanuel, God, I'm with you. I have all the counsel you need. Also, he said, the power I have to equip you, I can do that. But you know what? We are, we're people. Are you a people? Look beside you and see if those are still people there. Now, there was doubt in somebody's eyes when you looked over there. He said, is that a people really? Yes, you're a people. We as people get all wrapped up in time because we're people. And we get all wrapped up in loneliness. We get hungry. We get angry. Get tired. We're people. But one of the big things that begins to happen to us is that we don't think anything will ever end. You're in something, you say, God, will it ever end? What about time? Lord, because the third thing that his name brings us is everlasting father. Everlasting father. So I go, I said, Lord, I need something here. Where's my backpack? I lost my backpack. You know, if there's one thing I've discovered in the last couple of weeks is we can lose so many things so quickly. If I had a call, we had a call this morning. One of our grandchildren, are his contacts over there? What do you mean at our house? You live over there. What do you mean your contact? Well, we can't find them. We think he left them at your place. Now, I know you are all keep track of everything, but my one, another grandson has this thing on his wallet that is a, uh, uh, a finder. I think Apple makes this little thing that you push your phone and it finds it. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, there's my wallet over there. How does it work when the wallet's gone and the phone is gone? Grandma, <laughs> where's my phone? Where's my mom? Where's dad? Where's my phone? Go look in the car. Look under the car seat. And I'm convinced of this, that TV remotes, they walk away. They hide under cushions. Somebody turn that TV down. Turn that game down. I can't find the thing. Who's got it? Anyway, never mind. That's just my own angst this morning. God's faithful to help me through that. I'll get it. All right, what do I need? Number three, everlasting father. I need to know him as the father of eternity. One of the things that will give you hope, one of the things you need to grab hold is that God is controlled of all of eternity, and he has time handled as well. His time is not always my time, but that's okay because his time is a better time than my time. I want it now, and he said, no, you can't have it now. Just wait a little bit. It's going to be better. And how many times have we rushed ahead of God's time and we grabbed something and it didn't turn out so well? We grabbed it when it wasn't ripe or wasn't ready. Grabbed it early. It was sour. It was no good if we just would have waited a little bit. See, part of our walk with God, our journey, is to learn to walk in the timeless name of our Father. Everlasting. He inhabits and possesses eternity. Isaiah 57, 15. Let me just quote some of these verses for you. Isaiah 57, 15. For this is what the high and lofty one said. He who lives forever, whose name is holy. He possesses eternity. His name is eternal. Psalm 72, 17. May his name endure forever. 
everlasting. And then the combination word, compound word, is father, father. The source of all fatherly protection and provision. He will never leave us. He will always provide for us. He's an everlasting father. Let's go to Deuteronomy for a moment. Deuteronomy chapter 33 is a prophetic word that was given over all, each of the tribes of Israel. Moses began to give them a word, each one of them, a, a, a word, Deuteronomy 33. And it was a blessing that he gave before his death, Moses, to the tribes of Israel. And one, one of my favorite individuals of this, and the word that I've held on to many, many times, is the word that he gave to Asher in verse 24. I'm going to read what he says about this because I want to take part of it. I'm going to take all of it, actually. But there's a, a verse in here that I'll refer to. He said about Asher, he said, The most blessed of sons is Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers. Let him bathe his feet in oil. And the bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze. Here's my line that I, I just, I, 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 I trust in this. As... I'm going to give it the way I memorized it. As your days, so shall your strength be. This NIV says, and your strength will equal your days. There is no one like the God of Yeshun, who rides across the heavens to help you on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. He will drive out your enemies before you, saying, destroy them. So Israel will live in safety. Jacob will dwell secure in a land of grain and new wine where the heavens drop dew. Blessed are you, Israel, who is like you, a people saved by the Lord. He's your shield and helper and your glorious sword. Your enemies will cower before you and they'll tread on your heights. But this word, the strength of his everlasting presence in his arms, as your days, so shall your strength be. Your days will equal, your strength will equal your days. How can that be possible? Because we have an everlasting Father who knows every one of my days and He's going to be with me and He has all that I need because He's a good Father that keeps me right here. My Father. Everlasting Father. He ministers with everlasting encouragement. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, 16 and 7. By His grace, He gave us eternal encouragement and good hope. That's what fathers should be. Be encouragers. Not only disciplinarians, but encouragers. God's like that. Our Heavenly Father, Everlasting Father, is like that. We have eternal encouragement and good hope. And He performs His work in us, in His everlasting power, in His time. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. He gives us eternal life. He's the ruler, King of kings, Lord of lords. To rely upon Him, to trust in Him in this journey, you need to have an everlasting Father perspective. He's timeless. It's an eternal perspective. Number four, and this is the fourth thing I have in my, in my backpack, and you all know what it is, right? You know what I'm going to pull out? Peanut butter sandwich. Oh, no. Um, Prince of Peace. You got it. Prince of Peace. That's a comforting name. In the message, he said he's called the Prince of Wholeness. Hebrews says, Shar Shalom, the one who removes all peace-disturbing factors and secures the peace. Let me say that again. The one who removes all peace-disturbing factors and secures the peace. 
There's two phases to this that he works in and will work into us in 2023. One, and this I pray that you all have experienced, to establish the basis of having peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's peace with God. It's having our sins forgiving, having a relationship through Jesus Christ. That's the first phase, the Prince of Peace. But the second part of that is to offer that peace to every one of us as individuals. To grant us peace. You are going to face days, maybe this week, maybe this afternoon, that peace is going to get shattered by something that happened. What, on your journey, where are you going to go get the peace? People have gone to many things to try to find peace. I'll just run away. I'll, I'll drink some. I'll do this. I'll take some drugs. I'll find peace somewhere. No, it's not going to last. The only peace is from the Prince of Peace. And we can trust in him and grab hold. Shar Shalom, the one who removes all peace-disturbing factors, said, Lord, my life belongs to you. I can trust you. Jesus is our peace. I can give you many, many scriptures about his power commands peace. His power commands peace. Peace be still, he said to the storm. His cross, he made peace by the blood of the cross in Colossians chapter 1. His gospel is called the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, Lord of all, Acts chapter 10. He is our peace. His kingdom is the kingdom of peace. And he brings peace where he rules. You write some stuff down. Put them in your backpack. When you get into the situation, when you face some stuff, you can find peace in life's trials. Jesus promised it. He said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, John 14. Even as you're growing in the Lord, he said, I'll give you peace as you are sanctified through the, through the peace of God. You're going to be sanctified. The God of peace. 1 Thessalonians 5. I love uh, this scripture out of Romans chapter 16, 20. Peace in life's battle brings victory. God's peace, here's the scripture, I'm quoting it. God's peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Soon. God of peace will do battle and there will be peace. He brings peace in relationships. Peace is evidence of his power in my life. Peace. Love, joy, peace, fruit of the Spirit. Here's where we finish this morning. Think of life as a journey. You're going to be progressing through it. 2023, you're going to need to know a guidance, a guiding name. Someone you can trust, a wonderful counselor. He's all that you need as you face into 2023. You're going to need to have some power demonstrated. You need a powerful name. There is no name other than his. All power belongs to him, mighty God. You need some timeless perspective, the eternal God, everlasting Father, and then comfort and shalom and wholeness as Prince of Peace. Final question, what do you call him? Hey, Jesus. Hey, Savior. Hey, Redeemer. What do you, what do you call out? I pray that after this morning, you're going to think again and say, Almighty God, bring your power into this situation. God, I need some guidance. I don't know what to do. Everybody around me is giving me crazy stories. I don't know which one to go. He's a wonderful counselor. I will be in awe of you in your counsel for me because it's going to be miraculous because nobody else has it but you do, and I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to trust in that, and you're going to help me through eternal things. 
So what do you call him? You see, in Mark chapter 8, Jesus turned to his disciples and he said to them, he said, who do men say that I am? Who do people call me? And he gave them all the names. And then he turned to them and he asked them the question, who do you say I am? Who do you say that when you're in the midst of your battle in April, could be in August, could be in February, we're in your middle of that. If I would ask you, ask yourself, who do I say Jesus is? Is he my mighty God, Prince of Peace? What I need? Who do you say? So I ask you, what's in your pack? What are you going to carry with you? And it's all done by the Holy Spirit. I will not leave the Holy Spirit out of it because he said he will guide you. He will be with you. And we said it over and over again. God with us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he dwells in us. Worship team, if you could come. All of us, if we could just take these moments um, at the beginning of this year to pause and say, Lord, would you just fill me afresh? Take me to where you belong. And I belong to you. Finding my hope and my life in you. Let's all stand together. Holy Spirit, I invite you. We've done it from the very beginning as we've worshipped that you would come and fill us. And now, Lord, at the end of this gathering, we're going to go to our homes. We're going to go do things. But I pray that we wouldn't lose what you've given us. Holy Spirit, just fill us fresh right now. Breathe on us. Fresh life. We need fresh stuff going into the year. I pray that you just fill us all afresh and anew this day. Let's sing this song.